to another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm the worship and community pastor here at Shades Valley. I'm joined by my good friend, discipleship pastor Brad Brown in the house today. What's up, man? I'm doing uh, doing pretty good. I'm excited because this week I got a new shed for my backyard. A new shed. Wow. Yes. Now, this has been uh, an ongoing thing for you, right? Like, in terms of, like, everything going on in your backyard? Yes, it There's has. There's been a lot of work happening back yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we had a dead tree in our backyard, and apparently dead trees are prone to fall. Mm. And so, we had to have it removed, which, I don't know if you've ever had a tree removed, but it's not super cheap. Right. And while they were removing said tree, a limb fell on the shed that I had and crushed it. Oh. And so they said they would replace it, so they bought me a new shed. And Did then, you get to pick it out? Well, I did. And so right. I got the same shed. Sheds okay. are very expensive. They are. There's no they joke. Yeah. But I've had some dreams about some particular sheds, but uh-huh. they're not going to be reality. But anyway, yeah, so they bought me one, and the guy came to set it up, and then there was some storm damage because he didn't finish setting it up, so they had to buy me another one. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and so they came out yesterday and set it up, built a little wood platform. Wood is expensive right now. Yeah, Let lumber, me tell you. lumber's out of control right now. Yeah, yeah, so it's set up. I'm going to go home. I'm going to... Put a rake in there. I mean, I'm just fired. You got up. a lawnmower to put in there. I got, you got a lawnmower, a push mower. Yeah, I got to build a little ramp. So okay, great. Yeah. I well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Lots of things happening in the Brown household. Yeah, you know the whole thing of like keeping up with the Joneses. Right. I, I make fun of that all the time. Right. But, you know, I felt that a little. Yeah, bit. it's the worst. Yeah, I, I was looking at the sheds in my neighbors' backyards, and it's some have me, but some don't. I have a better shed than others. So, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, you know. Um, I think all things considered. Um, real quick, yeah. I, guess I, could, I guess I could update everyone like this. Please um, do. The, uh, some people know this already, and it's generally out in the public sphere. But we haven't announced it yet on Shades Midweek, and that is that Ashley and I are adopting again. Woo! Yes, yes. So, uh, and this is like a very new thing. We, we've just started telling people recently, like within the last week or so. And all that means is that we've approached our adoption agency that we used before with our second child, Zion, and we've started the initial paperwork applications, things like that. So we're just kind of in a lot of paperwork right now. Um, We haven't done any home study or interviews. So, you know, normally this, this kind of introductory piece at the beginning of the adoption uh, process takes about four to six months, depending on how fast you move with certain things and how quickly you can get interviews set up. Um, And then after that, once we get approved, then we would actually uh, see what happens. So um, with our, adoption profile and with birth moms and all that stuff. So, uh, so that's a very exciting thing for us. It's a, it's a really big deal in our, in our family. So we're very excited to be praying for us as we go through it. Um, it's a wild process and, um, I'll definitely be updating the midweek for sure audience. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, we have a few things to get to today. Let's dive right in enough about sheds. So 
Well, let's take a trip down to the email corridor. Let's do it. Okay. So, for those of you who have Do we been, not have a jingle for that? No, because I put reverb on my voice when I say it okay. in post-production, and then it becomes a thing. That's good. That's good. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a jingle for no, it. No, I, I, I like that. I know. You, you bring it up every time we do it, so obviously you want a jingle, Brad. It's okay. It just feels like there should be, but I'm going to submit to you on this. For those of you who have hopefully been listening to the last few episodes, there's mm-hmm. been a back and forth happening in the midweek inbox. There's there's been some controversy, let's just say it. Right. Do you wanna do you wanna explain what's going on? Do you wanna kinda open this up? Because Tanisha emailed us again. That's what we're gonna read. Tanisha accused me of lying on a very early episode of Shades Midweek. I believe it was episode seven or eight. Very or early seven. on, yes. She publicly attacked my character. <laughs> my team issued a response. I also addressed it here on <laughs> Shades Midweek. Your team, yeah. Hard at work. <laughs> Hard at work. Love those guys. Um, and said that I was not lying about seeing the TV show The Wire, yet I was being sarcastic because I didn't know if that was a TV show that a pastor could say that they watch. So she has responded to my response from her initial response. Do you want to read that? Right. Okay, so here's what Tanisha had to say. Okay, first, in my defense... Hard to read sarcasm by audio alone. And then she put in some sort of emoji that looks like kind of like a somewhat upset face, but it's hard to, it's like the eyes are sideways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Second, technically, he did lie about having seen it, even veiled with sarcasm. And the he in this email is you, Brad. That's who she's talking about. Wow. And then she did the uh, the monkey emoji face after that. <laughs> Third, no shame. Own it, and if you feel convicted, brother, just confess it. Romans 8.1. And wow. then the emoji with the winky eye with the tongue sticking out. Y'all are a mess, is what she said. So thanks for writing in, wow, writing thanks, in. Tanisha. again, Tanisha. Do you have anything to respond to her response from your response from her email? Yeah, gosh. You know, I have to be honest. I was a little defensive as you started reading the email, but <laughs> as you got into it, her words really spoke to me. Yeah. And I see the error of my ways. And I think I should own with pride that I've seen the TV show The Wire. So, you know what? God redeems all things. And so That's right. we could even have Tanisha on and have an episode where we talk about the TV show The Wire and why we enjoy it. I think... Our fans would love that. I think they would love a full episode breakdown so full of episode. The Wire. Yeah, a so show that hasn't been on the air in yes. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So Something like that. Yes. So I'm done building walls. I'm building a gate. Tanisha, you're invited in to, to midweek. I love it. That's so good. All right. Yeah. Well, now it's time for uh, JM's Album of the Week. JM's Album of the All right, so I'm still personally psyched about this Poet Priest record that came out that yeah. I talked about last week. I mean, you're, you've been listening to it. I I'm know Jonathan's been it. listening to it. I, yeah. I love it so much. Andy Squires. So I do have to mention that, but I do have a different album for this week. Um, this one's an interesting one, and I actually showed this one to you, Brad. Um, 
you know, sometimes JM's album of the week, it can be an album that I'm really enjoying. Uh, it can maybe also be an album that I feel a little indifferent to, or maybe that I haven't like completely sold out to. Wow, yet. yeah. It's just an album of the week. It doesn't mean that it's like a full on endorsement, right? I have an interpreted album of the week like that. Okay. So this one is by an artist named Natalie Bergman. I believe that's how you say her last name. Uh-huh. And the record is called Mercy. So let me just tell you about how I found this record. I was on Spotify looking at new releases. And if you go look at the album artwork, there's a picture of a woman and it looks like there's a cross behind her. It appears that she's praying. She's kind of like holding her hands up like she's praying. Wow. I had no idea who she was. I didn't know what the record was. I was like, this is kind of interesting looking. Um, so I click on it. Turns out it's a Third Man Records release, and Third Man is Jack White's label, the White Stripes. So huh. that that piqued my curiosity because I was like, what is happening? And then I looked at the track listing, and I see tracks called Talk to the Lord, Shine Your Light on Me, I Will Praise You, your love is my shelter. So Not like, something you expect to see on a Jack White label. Yeah, like on a Jack White release, I was like, what is happening? So here's what I'll do. I'll play you a little bit of it so that you can get a feel for it, just musically speaking and kind of what they're doing. I'll fast forward this one a little bit. So it definitely wow. sounds like an album that Jack White would put out. Like it's got like that kind of. What do you mean by that? You know, just like not. Uh, what would be the right way to describe it? Not like a glossy sounding record, but something that's very unique sounding. Lots of unique yeah. sounds. Kind of a throwback yeah, yeah. era too. Some of some of this album sounds like '60s, like Flower yep. Child that type vibe. stuff, like hippie kind of vibe. So I did go, I did look up some interviews because it was just, this whole thing was just blowing my mind because yeah, sure. I didn't understand. Me too. So uh, in some interviews that she gave, she basically talked about how uh, she, I think her dad passed away. And so mm. she found out before going on stage at a show at the Radio City Music Hall, she was in this band called Wild Bell, which I had heard of but never listened to. Anyways, so she talks about like, kind of the loss of her father and how she actually like went back to her, I guess her faith roots and wrote a record kind of based off of her faith. But I will say, you know, in the interview, it is sort of vague. She kind of talks about like a very inclusive Jesus, I mm -hmm. guess would, would be kind of the way that she describes her faith. So it's mm -hmm. not something super specific. Like she doesn't talk about like, yeah, I go, I'm actually attend yeah. this evangelical church or whatever. I was so gonna say, is she a member anywhere? To church? I don't, I have no idea. Can we look that up online? Is that public domain? <laughs> is that something we can find? So anyways, but musically speaking, I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting. I think everybody should check it out. I'm just going to kind of keep my eye on it. I'm okay. not, I'm not yeah. making any judgments. Yeah. I'm not making any public declarations. I'm basically just saying, I'm just going to keep my eye on it and see kind of yeah. what she does. Well, I'll what her next, on, I'll what her next moves are. On it as well. Eye on it as well is not Eye easy to it. say. <laughs> Sweet. So that's my album of the week. The great. album's Mercy. I love that. Nelly Bergman. Yeah. All very right. good. Brad, do you have a book for us this week? I think I just might. All right.
I just well, love that Shay is sitting here. We haven't introduced her yet, and she yeah, just has to sit through all this stuff that we're doing. She's made a few comments. I've heard it come through. She couldn't resist. Yes. Well, yes, I'm excited to be here with another segment of Bradford's Book Club. This week, I thought I would mix it up a little bit. I thought I would throw a curveball to use a sports analogy. And a sports analogy is very fitting because the book that I am recommending today is Michael Jordan, The Life Whoa. by Roland Lazenby. Okay. I, Lazen, Shay, how did no, you say wait, that? No way, she said Lazenby. Lazenby. I would think it would be Lazenby. I think you're probably right. Roland Lazenby. Roland, if you're listening, I'm apologizing. I apologize for mispronouncing your yeah. last name. But uh, I don't know if you were like me and watched the documentary that came out on ESPN. Now I believe it's on Netflix, The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Shay, did you watch that documentary? I did not. Oh, it's so good. Did you watch The Bulls? When Jordan was there, did I you did. ever watch any basketball? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You might enjoy it. Mm. I bet Samuel seen it, my son. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should talk to Samuel about it. So, anyway, after watching that documentary, I wanted more. And so I went looking for the definitive biography wow. on Michael Jordan. And as you would guess, there's some debate, but I kept hearing about Michael Jordan, the life. So, if you want a biography on Michael Jordan, that talks about everything. Uh, this is the biography, and it's really fascinating to hear about Jordan's family, to hear about his upbringing, to hear about how he ended up at UNC, and then that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay, you're making your way through it. Making that's my cool. way through it, yeah. So is Roland, he's he's obviously like a sports journalist. What's his connection with... <laughs> Do you know his connection with, like, why would he want to write a book about Michael Jordan? Yeah, totally. I think Because I would imagine there's been a lot of books written yeah, about Yeah, I him, think right? he's someone that's definitely interested in Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, really, I really have no idea. I can All remember right. reading it at the beginning of the book, yeah. but I've totally forgotten. <laughs> One of the things that people uh, may not know about JM is he is amazing at remembering names, dates, titles, uh, and random facts about people. Let's not people. go too far. You can bring up a movie from the 80s and he can tell you the characters, what their names no, were. No, and no, no. yeah, then You're overselling it too much. Anyway. Now people are going to be emailing us like movie trivia and stuff like that. Well, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But anyway. Well, that sounds cool. When, I would recommend it. Michael Jordan the Life was really written? enjoyed it. Do you know when he put it out? Like, is this a recent thing? Was it 10 years ago? He put it out in 1976. No. See, I have it on my Kindle. That's not right. <laughs> 1976. Oh, nope. That's saying, see, that's saying the Copyright Act of 1976. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. See, this is where this you is can make disaster. an argument against Kindle. See, I didn't know you were going to ask me all these questions. I don't know when it came <laughs> just out. Trying just trying to banter. Just check out the book. All, all right. right. I'll Google it. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for that. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, Brad, what are we doing today? Well, I'm really excited because today we're doing... A meet a member. That's right. We're doing a meet a member, and our member today is Shay Wall. Shea What's Wall. up? Welcome to the studio. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for being so patient and sitting through all that so nonsense. Welcome. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> oh well, Shay. 
we've said I've told you for a long time we need to to bring you on, and yes. I think I've come up with about six different episodes that we could do and talk with you about. But before we got into any of those, we did want to have an episode where people just get to know you a little more. Okay. So without further delay, we're going to just jump right in, if that's okay with you. Yeah. All right. So would you start by telling us a little bit about how you grew up? So I was born here in Birmingham. Oh, wow. I spent... Through ninth grade, living in Midfield, and then my Where's parents that? moved like Fairfield area, Midfield, Fairfield. Not too okay. Far. I've heard of Fairfield. Okay, uh, and then ninth grade moved to Hueytown and went to so finished out high school in Hueytown, and then eventually went to Auburn after that. Okay, and did you have any brothers and sisters? Yes. Yeah, so I have one sister and then my parents divorced and both remarried uh people who had children so I actually have besides my sister I have three stepsisters and two stepbrothers so there's a lot of us oh okay Mm -hmm. and so you grew up in Birmingham yeah you went to Auburn you said and then you came back so Mm -hmm. do you like Birmingham do you like the city of Birmingham do you like living in the south Yeah, you know, I do. I actually moved to New York for a minute when I was in my senior year of Auburn to do an internship and thought, I really thought I was going to get there and stay, but I don't know. I I did love it and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it was, it was just really evident to me when I was there. I was like, nope, this is, this is just not what I want to do forever. And so Mm -hmm. never really thought seriously about staying and came home and have always been glad I did for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How would you describe yourself as a kid? Oh, wow. Um, Definitely shy. Definitely spent a lot of time reading in my room. Uh, Mm. Had my own TV, my own Atari in my room, my own phone line, like the whole, you know, all the teenager Mm. things that that we did back then. Um, Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of kids. Wait, wait, hold on. Your own phone line? Yes. Does that mean it was different (laughs) from... Yes, because my sister and I were on the phone so much that my parents (laughs) finally were like, this is ridiculous, we're getting your own line. So each of us had our own line, and then they had their own line. So there were three different landlines in the home. There was. That's cool. Yes, (laughs) because, you know, that's before cell phones. So all you could do is get another landline so we did that yeah yeah i I just imagine you being a a curious kid Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you are someone that's constantly asking me theological questions you're telling me about books that you're picking up it doesn't matter what the topic is i feel like you want to know about it you want to study it definitely yeah i i mean especially about god i mean i always believed in him and i always loved his word like i did not grow up in a christian family at all, mm. but just, I don't know, y'all, as far as I can remember back, just wanted to know more about God and believed wow. in him. And luckily, my parents sent me to a Christian camp, which I still don't know why they did that, um, <laughs> because, you know, they, they weren't believers. We were uh, not involved in a church, but they did. They sent uh, me to Camp Winnetoska, and I saw people that were just in love with Jesus. And wow. I just remember thinking, whatever they have, I want, I want that. I want to know more about that. And so there was a, one of the leaders named Vince Bada. He told me all about Jesus and actually came to faith when I was about 14 at one of those summers, like, um, when I was there. So yeah. Wow. I know. 
Yeah. What was what was that like coming back home and like sharing that with your family? What was the response? Yeah. Um, it was really hard because I didn't have anyone around me that knew what that meant, knew what it meant to be mm-hmm. a Christian. So I would basically go to camp, spend a lot of time in his word, spend a lot of time with other believers, and then I would come back and then slowly just kind of move away from that because there was just nothing in my life show me what it meant mm-hmm. to walk in that. And so I did that for years. Like I would wow. kind of, you know, be, mm. yeah, be with Christians in the summer and then throughout the year. Um, I mean, I remember even being in second grade though, y'all, and you know, the buses that the churches used to send around to pick up the older people in communities. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would hop on the Methodist bus when I was in second grade by myself to be able to go to uh, Sunday school because I, oh, I wow. loved it and I went and I asked them oh I asked wow. them a ton of questions y'all I, that's crazy I'll tell you if like one of the one of the best things I remember about that too y'all is I remember asking my Sunday school teacher if like if if there could be if if God was over like one thing could there be gods over other things and then there could be a God like over all of that you know I mean it's a second grade question right and she's like hey how about you just finish coloring the rainbow yeah <laughs> yeah well, it, it was a man, and I remember him just kind of laughing with, you know, not at me, but definitely yeah. kind of laughing at just the, the, the question, I guess, itself. And then he was like, absolutely, you know, like, I, we, don't, we don't know all the things, and it absolutely could be that way. And, hmm. I mean, obviously, theologically, that's not, you know, <laughs> not the best answer, but, but for me, it allowed me to, like, I don't, it just encouraged me to ask questions because I felt like that's what he was doing. Like it it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I would think about it. Like I felt like he wasn't like, Oh, I need to get her straight on all the things, but it was just, I felt like it was just an encouragement to ask good questions about who God is. And so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you said you're in second, I'm just, (laughs) you're in second grade chasing down a bus, a church bus, uh, to be able to go, to a church Sunday school. So was there a yeah. church that you went to through like elementary school, nope. middle school, high school, or it was just random? Yeah. I, I don't remember how I got connected with the Sunday school class. At, it was a, it was the local Methodist church right, right around the corner from our okay. house. And so I don't remember how exactly that happened in high school. There was a local Baptist church that some friends of mine went to. And so I did go with them for a time. I even got baptized around the age of 16 at that church. But again, just, you know, it, it just wasn't a consistent thing in my life for, for a mm-hmm. long time. So, but yeah, I guess so in and out a yeah. little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, growing up, if you want to go to church, you were doing that totally on your own. Yes, for sure. Wow. Yep. It, when I think about my own story growing up in the church and doing everything in my power to not have to go to church as a kid, it's yeah. amazing to hear your story next to that. One time I told my parents I was running away to the fort so that I didn't <laughs> have to go to church. On wow. Sunday. Yeah. Well, maybe that was a difference because my parents weren't you know, they weren't making me do it. was almost like I was rebelling Rebel. against, you know, by going to church a little bit in my yeah, family. Right. Yeah, and yeah, really, yeah. cause the only Christians in my family, everyone else thought they were weird and, mm. you know, they just didn't have good relationships with them. And, and so I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was my way of like going in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you got saved when you were 14 yeah. at a camp. Mm-hmm. Could you give us a little more detail about that? Yeah, I mean, I had I'd gotten to know Vince was one of my leaders, and he had just been talking to me about who God was and, and what Jesus had done for me and, and how, 
it would change my life by just opening my life and my heart um, to him. And, you know, I, I don't remember all the details, but I just remember him just saying, would you know, would you want to invite the Lord into your life and your heart and all the things? And, and I just was like, yes, of course. <laughs> you know, not even really understanding what that meant, but just sure. wanting to know more and, and just, like I said, I'd always believed in him. So it wasn't a big stretch for me to be like, okay, the next step, I know that he's real. And now, yes, like whatever that looks like, I want to take the next step. So, oh, wow. yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So you graduate high school. Yes. And you decide to go to Auburn, War Eagle. Yes. Yeah, War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I pretty, I'm pretty sure that was decided for me at birth. <laughs> Um, mm, I didn't really have much go. choice in that. <laughs> had no idea what I was going to study when I went. Like, just you're going to Auburn. So yep. I did. And, I, and I'm so thankful. I loved it. I actually, I had worked in, most of my jobs through high school had been retail jobs. So I ended oh, up man. choosing fashion merchandising at Auburn. Oh, just, wow. I know. Just because I had only really worked in that in that kind of setting and y- there was design mm. and then there was merchandising so merchandising was more on the retail end of it like learning kind of the business side of it mm-hmm. and so I ended up choosing that and did that that's how I ended up in New York because Auburn right. was doing some textile research for a company called Orbit Industries and they had a um, plant in Georgia but they had their home office was in New York mm. and so they asked if Auburn asked if they would consider taking an intern on. And anyway, so they came to me and asked if I wanted to do it. And so I got to wow. go do it. Yeah, it was amazing. Because really, I really got to see, like, all the way from designing something all the way to, like, being on the showroom floor when people come and, like, buy the line or whatever. So it was cool to get to see, like, every step of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where did you work in retail when you were in high school? Oh, goodness. I uh, worked at Rack Room Shoes. You did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you all remember, there used to be a chain of stores. Merry Go Round was like the big one. And it was like, it was literally, I don't, I guess the best way to describe it is like club clothes. I don't even know if there's anything like that now. But it really was. So, so Merry Go Round was like the girls' version of it. And then the Ativo was the boys' version of it. And I worked, I worked at Ativo. John Mark, have you heard of these places? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a long time ago, y'all. Yeah. For sure. It was at the Galleria when you could actually smoke in the Galleria. Like, that's how long ago oh, it was. Because wow. <laughs> we could walk out of the store. There was ashtrays. Everybody would, like, gather around. What and then, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting, for sure. Yeah. But you did not want to, because, I mean, New York, if you're doing fashion, that's where you want to be, right? For sure. I mean... On the retail end of it, you can really kind of do that anywhere, but Mm. really, I guess New York is more for if you wanted to be a designer, like that's where you would need to be. Like you couldn't really do that from Alabama. I mean, you can, but not, not to the same extent. And so really with, with the way I did it, you could, you could do it anywhere for sure. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And then I worked in Dress Barn when I was at Auburn. I've heard of Dress Barn. Okay. I worked for them. And then once I graduated, I actually went to work for a maternity company uh, called Dan Howard, which doesn't exist again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do y'all remember Just for Feet? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, I ended up um, being a divisional and regional merchandiser for them. So I worked for them for years. I had no idea about this shit. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I was over 16 stores over the Southeast. Oh, so wow. I just traveled a lot. Yeah. 
trained people, hired merchandisers, all the wow. things. And Joseph Feet had a Joseph Feet University. So if you were a store, <laughs> like a new store opening team, you would come to Birmingham and you'd go through all the universities. So I had to do that teaching. And so just, yeah, training, teaching, all the things. I used to love that store. I used to go there and yes. get my shoes when I was a kid. Just for feet, because they had everything. They had everything, yeah. and it was really fun. They had basketball court, they had music right. all the oh, time. Like yeah. it, was, yeah. it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, when they went under, I took everything, all the apparel stuff, y'all, and put it on the basketball courts and sold it all for a dollar. <laughs> I did. Oh my gosh. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So when you were at Auburn, were you going to church at all during that during your time in college? Nope. Nope. Were you still Were you still like? What was your uh, personal life like? Were you like reading the Bible? Were you were you you know praying in a sorority? No, <laughs> not in a sorority. Um, I I remember reaching out to a Christian organization on campus, but just didn't. I just didn't connect. And then I don't know. I always feel like I was trying to reach out in some way, but yeah. it just never. It just never really. And none of my friends were Christians. Mm. The people yeah. that I was in classes with weren't like I don't I don't know I had one friend from high school that was a Christian that lived there and so him and I would talk about those things sometimes and people knew like I had been saying I left this out but I had been saying since I was a little girl that I wanted to be a missionary to Africa like if you asked wow. me what I wanted to be when I grew up that's what I would say because I'd seen those commercials about like when I don't I don't know if y'all remember these either but there used to be these commercials like these Christian ministries would get commercials on about just these little kids in Africa and about how poor they were and Mm -hmm. how you could give to help take care of them and and Mm -hmm. sponsorship and all of that and I just had such a heart for them and so I would say I wanted to be a missionary to Africa I had no idea what that meant that's wild um so I don't know y'all I mean definitely believed in Mm -hmm. you I guess in my heart that I would eventually want my life to to have that be a big part of it, but yeah. just didn't really know how to do that or what that meant. And, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So at one, so at what point in your journey, uh, did you meet Glenn, your, your husband? So I was a junior at Auburn and we met, we were at the beach. We met through mutual friends. And then a couple weeks later, I was at the supper club in Auburn and he was there and we were, I was like, Oh, cause we had just literally like got introduced at the beach uh-huh. and then we ran into each other again and just be like, Oh, Hey, do you live here? And he was like, yeah, cause he, he wasn't at school in Auburn, but his family lives in Opelika. Oh, okay. And uh-huh. so, and so my dad was really excited cause he was like, really, you meet the only boy in Auburn who's not actually in college. <laughs> and so I was like, yes, but he's also the smartest boy I know. And he, mm. all the things. And so anyway, yeah. So we, started dating we dated for about four years before we got married wow okay now if you were to describe glenn's appearance at this time how would you describe his appearance he's not here to defend himself (laughs) which is great well he's tall he's about six three and he was very thin like real thin and he had jet black hair that was straight as a board and went all the way down to his waist (laughs) the whole thing like i'll have to send you a picture well you know we post a picture on instagram for the episode and with your permission (laughs) i was gonna have that picture i will definitely send you one i have one he's in a white t-shirt he's playing guitar on stage and you can see the hair all the things yes i'll send you that because I remember you told me at one point that his hair was longer than your hair. Oh, you? if you if you guys remember when Maggie's hair was really long, that's exactly what Glenn's looked wow. like. Except his was darker. It was really, really dark. All my friends were so jealous. They loved his hair. <laughs> they did. They 
I did. It was beautiful. It was. Did you share hair care products with one another? We did not. We did not. No, but yeah, it was, it was beautiful for sure. Yeah. Wow. And so you said y'all dated for four years. We did. So did y'all move back to Birmingham during that time? Yeah. So we actually broke up once when I moved to New York because I just wasn't sure if I was going to come back and then came back, ended up getting back together right after I came back and then he moved to Birmingham then and then um yeah so we were there for a couple of years and then we and then we finally got married in 96. Okay yeah and y'all have two kiddos you want to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah so Samuel is 19. Wow that's crazy. graduating tomorrow night actually from high school and heading to Troy University in the fall. He's going to go study sports administration, which he's super excited about. Their program is amazing. And so, yeah, so he's about to leave. Wow. Wow. I can't even talk about That's him. crazy. <laughs> I can remember him coming into the youth group. Yes. As a sixth grader. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my life just flashed before my eyes. <laughs> For real, yeah, me too. Every time I look at him, I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine him leaving my house though. Like he's been in my house for almost twenty years, right. so it's wow. going to be yeah. a crazy feeling, a huge adjustment. And he's one of the only people in my house that actually talks to me because <laughs> <laughs> my husband and my daughter are just in their little corners, and they're you know they're both just very introverted and quiet. Yeah. And Samuel is the person I talk to, and uh, so I, I'm going to have to call him a lot and right. drive to yes. Troy a lot. Yes. Yeah, Samuel. Yeah. Call your mother. Yes. That's right. Yes. yes. So. That's good. Yeah. So there's Samuel and. So Maggie is 15. Oh, she, wow. Yeah. So she just finished ninth grade. So she'll mm. be going into 10th after her whole 10 weeks off. Um, but she's looking forward to that for sure. She, um, yeah, she's excited about the summer. She loves having time to herself. She loves having time when no one else is in the house. Like, she's constantly sure. pushing everybody out the door. Like, right. she just, yeah. So, summer is her favorite time for sure. And so, yeah. Yeah. She's doing good there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we want to hear uh, more about how you came to Shades and are involved now. Uh, but before we do that, I think it's time for something that we call a lightning round. Are, are you familiar with the Shades? Yeah, lightning round. It's time. It is time. We do this with pretty much everybody that comes on. Presidents, foreign dignitaries. (laughs) Right. Doesn't really matter. (laughs) CEOs. Doesn't matter who you are. Okay. Bill Gates did a great job. Oh. We're just, right. (laughs) Very topical, Brad. (laughs) Um, So we're just going to ask you some questions. The idea is to try to answer as quickly as you can. Some of them you may need to think for a moment, but... We've tried to design it to where it's quick, okay. but we also may go on tangents <laughs> yeah. in the middle of that too. What, yeah. what I like to call Tangent City. We take a trip down to Tangent City. So, That's so that could happen. That's fun. We pack our bags. So anyways, uh, so are you ready? Yes. Okay, sweet. All right, Shay, how do you like your eggs? Uh, scrambled. Hmm. With cheese? Sure. Or just scrambled? Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Growing up, I only had scrambled. Really? Was, did you say that's true for you, or was it a... Mm, no, my mom did a lot of fried eggs, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Favorite junk food? Mm, wow. Uh, probably chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a place? 
No, any chocolate cake for mm. sure. Yeah. Did, did you ever have the chocolate cake from Klingler's? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it what closed is down. What is Klingler's? Was a German bakery in Vestavia. Oh, oh wow! Well. And it was fabulous. What's that? Amazing cake. What's the place? In, there's a place at the summit that makes like these little cakes, like little bunt cakes. Uh, oh, the the bunt Trader cakes. Joe's. No. I, <laughs> I think yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, they have amazing ones. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, Facebook, uh, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Are you uh, on any of those? Probably Instagram the most. Yeah. 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 What do you like about Instagram? I mean, it's just I just feel like you can get on and off quickly and not have to like hear all the things that you don't want to hear about. You can just <laughs> catch up with your people, see all the things they're doing, and move right. on, and you don't get sucked in for, like, hours at a time. So, what, what are yeah. you referring to, Shay? Uh, <laughs> y'all all know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do you have a favorite day of the week? Hmm. Uh, I mean, y'all, I'm gonna, I would definitely say Sunday. I love, I mm. love Sundays. I love coming to church. I love that yeah. all our family is together on that day. And I love that just it being a day of rest and just mm-hmm. feeling like you don't have to do all the things. Like, it's just yeah. good. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. How many hours of sleep do you need typically? Mm, eight okay. at least. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I have, I have migraines. And so mm. one of oh. the things that I have to do to manage that is just really, I have to get a full eight hours. Like it's super helpful if I do that. So yeah. So what time do, yeah. do you normally try to go to bed? Um, I usually stay up reading. So around 11, 1130, somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay. If you could travel anywhere in the world, <laughs> where would you go for vacation? Oh gosh. Oh. Yeah. Vacation. Let's let's put. If you would have said let's, mission let's put trip, mini- let's yeah. put <laughs> ministry missions yes. aside for a moment. Uh, this is your vacation. Yes, I, this is about you, Shay. <laughs> I would love. I mean, anything that has a lot of history, y'all. Like, I would love to go to Israel. I would love to go mm. to Greece or Spain or Italy to visit the museums and the churches. Like, I'm just a huge history buff. Oh, you so totally need to go to Israel. You would love it. I would. I, I'm not sure I would come home, but <laughs> yeah. I yeah anything historically that I could just go and spend time just seeing and learning all the things I would love any of that Mm. yeah have you ever stolen anything (laughs) (laughs) uh I I don't think so I can't think of anything clean record yeah yeah sorry yeah have you ever been arrested? <laughs> just throwing that out there <laughs> I have not been arrested no Good. yeah what's something that have you, you ever committed tax fraud <laughs> <laughs> just go I through mean, the, whole, like, wow. the whole thing okay. have you ever jaywalked yeah. <laughs> what's something you could eat for a week straight mm. I can really do that with anything like I, I am not, like I have like anything? favorite foods and I can mm-hmm. literally eat the same thing every single like it drives my husband mm. insane what are some of those cannot. favorite foods I love pita bread and hummus. I love tomatoes. I love granola. Like I and I eat those things almost every day. I really do. Like, I think you were eating that before the episode. I, yes, yeah. like it's kind of my She's go-to. I mean, my diet's a little bit um, restrictive because of headache stuff. But I, when I find something I like, I can just literally I can eat the same thing over and over. It doesn't bother me at all. Mm. Yeah. I got one. If you could go back in history and meet one person, but it can't be in the Bible, oh, who would you want to meet? Abraham Lincoln. 
Mm, honest Abe. He, I, for some reason, I I would say, well, him or Helen Keller, either one. Like, I remember being in elementary school and just devouring every book I could find on Abraham Lincoln or Helen Keller. Like, I just loved them both. So, either, either one. Yeah. 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 When people stand up for a standing ovation, are you usually one of the earlier people to stand up or one of the later? (laughs) I, I would definitely be early. I would definitely be early. I, I always have a heart for like people that are trying to do their thing, you know. So I really want to. Encu- I really want to encourage them. Yeah. yeah. So I I would be early for sure. It shades Valley during a worship service. <laughs> do you stand up early <laughs> or later? Uh, yes, early. Early. Okay, early, it's consistent for sure. Yeah. Um, one more. When you were at Auburn, did you go to any great Auburn football games while you were there? Or did you not care? I I really didn't care at the time. I love Auburn football now, but when I was there, it just, I mean, I remember going to a a couple of them. I actually traveled to Tennessee one time to watch Tennessee play Auburn in their stadium. But I, yeah, it wasn't a huge part of what we did. We did break on to the field the night before we graduated, though, and played football and pretended to be cheerleaders, like a whole oh, big fun. group of us did. Yeah. I, oh, I don't that's think, cool. I don't think you could do that now, the way yeah. the stadium is. But, You'd be but, shot on sight. Right. Now, <laughs> but, but, but I graduated in 94, so this yeah. was before the stadium looked like it does now. We literally uh, just, like, moved a fence out of the way and, like, snuck onto the field. Yeah, yeah that was great. that was fun. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. so you graduated in 94, so, you know, 93 – that was the undefeated season. Yes. Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? There were yes. a lot of great games. There were that a year. lot of great games that year. And I was, was an exciting I, year. I, I did go when we would roll the entire actually my freshman year was the first time Auburn had beat Alabama at Auburn. Oh, in eighty nine. Yes. Yeah. In eighty nine. And so y'all so oh, much that was so much toilet paper. Like as far I mean, like a mile sure. in both directions from Tumor's Corner, like toilet paper up to your knees it oh, was so much fun. amazing yeah yes. wow. it was good it was really fun that's super cool yeah well yeah. cool that was it unless you have all any right. other questions nope. Brad. that's you survived shay okay nice. nicely done nice all right very yes. good well tell us about how you found shades valley community mm. church mm. well i told you i worked at a maternity store so i was a district manager at the time and my store manager at in birmingham she went to shades valley and I was just talking to her, and I, I was just saying I would really love to find a church in Birmingham. I just didn't know where to start, like even what that would look like. And so she said, I go to this great church. I think you would love it. Why don't you come with me? And so I did, and I just, I, I don't know what I was expecting. It was, it was actually really fun, though, because they were trying to do a service outside in the park, and everything went wrong like nothing was working like the 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 sound system wasn't working the kids were running around like crazy because we're at a park and and so it's complete chaos it really is and and Mike Garrigan was the pastor at the time and I just remember him just kind of laughing about it and and then Mm. just getting up there and doing his thing and I just thought I I can do this (laughs) like these are my people like I I just yeah Yeah. and and really loved um, just the way he talked and, um, and so I just, I, I started coming by my, cause my friend actually, she came for a couple weeks with me and then she stopped going to shades. <laughs> so I just, I loved it though. And yeah. I, I was 31 and I was pregnant with Samuel and I mm. just, I guess by that point, just, I'd been married for a while. I was having my first kid. I just 
wanted him to know the Lord yeah. in a way that I had no idea how to teach him. And so mm. that was why I initially wanted to find a church. And so I just yeah. started coming by myself and I would show up every Sunday and I was pregnant and hormonal and, and Mike <laughs> was just this beautiful teacher. So I would literally like cry every Sunday. Like I would have to get up and go get tissue. Oh, wow. um, That's really cool. And I guess I came for about six months by myself. And then my dad, who had never been involved in a church either, mm. had started just doing some research on religion in general and decided he, he wanted to be Jewish. And I was like, oh, well. what? No, you can't. You cannot just decide to be Jewish. Look, there's this church that I've been going to. I think you should come. I think you should come with me. Yeah. And so he said yes. And he went. And for those of you that remember, um, Irene Page, she, mm-hmm. so it was a Body Life Sunday, the first time I took him. Of course. Of course. And Irene Page got up and told this story, this dream that she had had, and went, it went on for like 20 minutes. She's <laughs> laughing, she's crying, you know, it's all the things, and, and then a few other people got up and spoke, and I just remember thinking, he's never going to come back with me. <laughs> like, this is, this is so far from anything I was, you know, I would think that he would like, and yeah. So we get up and we leave and, and we're, we're walking out. And I was like, so what do you think? And he was like, I loved it. He was like, wow. I definitely want to come back with you. And so we started coming together for about three months after that. His wife started coming. And then about three years into it, Glenn just got up one morning and he was like, I think I want to go with you to church today. And mm. so I was like, okay. And of course, by that time we had both kids. And yeah. so, um, and so, or I might have been pregnant with Maggie actually when he started going, but yeah. So he he's been going ever since. Wow. Yeah. That's so. And cool. this was all. Uh, so this would have been pre West Homewood, like yeah. Alpine Ice Arena, right? So We're, yes, we were at we called it the warehouse. Okay. Like okay. that, mm-hmm. we were in a tiny little location, maybe fifty, maybe fifty people or so in the church. Yeah. Well, uh, 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, yes, it was 20 yeah. years ago. So Bill Ferris was there, the Wonskis were there, the Armsteads, wow. the Stalkups, wow. um, the Garrigans, uh, yeah. all of his kids were still here and, and going, mm-hmm. and so uh, Mary and David and all them. And so, yeah, the Gambles, um, yeah. Wow, so cool. Now, Shay, is there a position at Shades that you haven't <laughs> served in? I just want to <laughs> double check. Um, for sure. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that you haven't done men's ministry, but I wasn't 100% sure <laughs> with all the areas I that you're involved in. I have not done men's ministry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I helped park with kids for just like a minute. So probably the smallest amount of time I've spent has been in kids, kids yeah. ministry. Um, that was just not really my, my thing for sure. But um, I, I had been at Shades a few years, and I told you I grew up going to camp. So I just mm-hmm. – I loved – that at youth group age. And so I, I went to my Garrigan and I was like, Hey, I would, cause, cause basically like Shades had had a youth group, but then everybody kind of aged out and the mm. younger kids were kind of coming up. So they had been for a few years without a youth group. Mm-hmm. And so I went to my Garrigan and I was like, Hey, I would really love to work with the youth. We know, what would you think about me just kind of getting something started? And he was like, well, have you ever done youth ministry before? And I was like, no. And he I was, was a teenager. I, I was a te- I worked at a camp, you know, and he yeah. was like, um, well, why don't you reach out to some of the bigger churches in, in, in and around Birmingham and see if you can get maybe an internship somewhere. And so that's what I did. I ended up doing an internship at Discovery United Methodist okay. in Hoover uh, for about a year. And then... Uh, 
and then came back to Mike and was like, hey, I've done all the things, you know, would it be okay? And and he said yes. And yeah. so he took a chance on me, and I, I did it for about five years. Yeah. Where that. else have you served yeah. after youth? So after youth, uh, women's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I guess five years is kind of my limit because I did five years with youth ministry. And then once I started doing women's, I did women's for five years um, and then and took a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And then Jonathan asked if I would consider taking over the global missions team because we, we used to have global and local missions all in kind of one team. Mm-hmm. And he was really wanting to kind of kind of separate those. Yeah. And so, yeah. so uh, I guess this is my third year of doing global missions now. Yes. Yeah. And you doing global missions at Shades mm-hmm. works alongside nicely an organization that you've recently started working at. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that organization? And how you got connected with them. Okay. So, Jonathan, when he first came to Shades, I I mean, y'all, Mike Garrigan is a beautiful um, teacher, and I learned so much from him. But I, I would say that, like, if I had to, like, kind of summarize his teachings, I would tell you that he taught us about grace. And then, and then Jonathan comes and it's this totally different, you know, like he's teaching about God's glory and all, and all the things that comes along with that. And just Mm -hmm. like, uh, just, I don't know, I guess a little more academic teaching than what we had seen before. And I, you, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. And so I drove him crazy. I really did like (laughs) questions all the time, email, phone calls, showing up in his office. And, and finally one day he was like, Shay, have you? ever thought about going to seminary and I was like yeah I've thought about it forever and just didn't didn't think I would ever be able to do that just I mean my kids are little I'm homeschooling all the things and Mm -hmm. and he just said there was there's this you know program at Liberty it's completely online Mm -hmm. you should look into it so long story short I did that um I took one class at a time so that it wouldn't take over my life. So six and a half years to actually wow. graduate, mm-hmm. uh, graduated yeah. at the beginning of 2020. So didn't get to walk because all the things wow. COVID, yeah. but, uh, got my master's, uh, in religion where they focus in biblical studies. And then, uh, and then just, I was just waiting y'all. Like it, it was funny cause especially my last year, if anyone was talking to me, so what are you going to do after you graduate? You know, what's Mm. next? And I had no idea. I mean, I had done a missions trip a couple of years before that where I had gone and helped do pastor training, um, in Tanzania with, uh, with a church and, and loved it and just really felt like that was a part of what God was calling me to do, but I had no idea what that looked like. I hadn't, I, I didn't know any ministry that was doing that. And so I was just waiting. So when people would ask, I would say, I know I want to do some kind of pastor training. I would love to write curriculum for pastors that don't have access to seminary level curriculum. I, I know, I, you know, I can see myself doing that. I just have no idea what it's going to look like. <laughs> and so uh, about six weeks after I graduated, I got an email from a ministry called Designs for Hope. Mm-hmm. So they were looking for churches that were supporting ministry—sorry, uh, mini- missionaries <laughs> in Haiti, mm-hmm. and we we support Pastor Steve Xantas. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they so Designs for Hope was started by a group of engineers. 
uh, and they partner with pastors all over the world, y'all. And, and they basically just say to them, how can we help you spread the gospel where you are? And it's mm. rural pastors in these in these areas that are yeah. just really far out. And so uh, f- because they were engineers, that ended up looking like um, water projects, water wells, or water filters, or solar projects, because electricity, a lot of times, is actually things that keeps people in poverty, even more so than, than mm-hmm. water, and yeah. so, wow. so they had done all kinds of different things, and, and so I invited them to come and speak to the Global Missions team, so while they were here, and they were telling about all the things, and we were talking about how maybe we could partner them with Pastor Steve, mm-hmm. they also started talking about pastor training, and I was like, wait, what? You, you do pastor training? And they were like, yeah. well, it's a new thing for us, you know, but it's something that we have just been consistently asked like the pastors that we that we um, partner with they're always saying could you know is there any way you could provide some some type of pastor training and so uh so long story short I interviewed talked with board members you know just did all the things and then ended up going to work for them uh about six weeks later and being over being put over their pastor training program so I'm yes yeah so just getting (laughs) so just Getting to develop my own team, getting to write curriculum, getting to edit um, pastor training materials that they had already been using. So just lots of different things. And I'm getting to write for women who are either pastors or pastor's wives. Like I'm getting to develop curriculum for them. And, and you know, we didn't get to travel much in 2020. So mm-hmm. I, it ended up looking differently than we thought we had. I had four trips to Africa on the books for that year and, and being able to do different things. And obviously that didn't happen, but, um, but just have really gotten to spend a lot of time writing and developing curriculum. And so now we're just now getting to start do, doing trips again and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Man, it's such an awesome ministry. Mm-hmm. And, I can remember when you told me, yeah, I have a position where I'm writing curriculum <laughs> to train pastors in Africa. Yeah. I was like, what? I know. And then you started talking about it, <laughs> and it was just so clear how the Lord had been preparing you for this yeah. and how he put you in this position and with all your gifting mm-hmm. and your interest, uh, just what a great fit it was. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm so excited to see what he does through the ministry and through your yeah. work there yeah, in, in I years was just, to come. Yeah, I mean, and I think just waiting on him and like, it, it just, I don't know. I just knew it was the, it was the thing that he had, you know, just, just yeah. not. And I know that's so hard to do sometimes. And that is really hard for me to do because I always just want to jump out there and make <laughs> all the things happen. But it was, it was probably one of the only times when I've really just sat back and just waited and just knew, you know, and so it was really easy to step into it. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the ministry itself is just very flexible. They don't care if I come into the office, they don't care. Like I literally can work from anywhere and anytime. Like it's just, it's just the perfect job for me. It just is. So yeah, yeah it's great. It, well, and so cool to hear about how they they meet physical and spiritual yeah. needs yeah. and how they're able to gather all these resources to provide for these communities is yes. so awesome. Well, and they're super open to, to just people coming and using their gifts. So if, you know, if, if someone else came to the ministry and said, hey, I, I've got this gift and this, and I, I would love to partner with pastors, and, and could you help me? Chris would be very open to that, to, you know, serving them in any way. Like, wow. he's very, um, yeah, I guess open is the best word. Just wanting to serve the pastors the, the, the best way he can and, and just wanting to truly be partners with them and just sharing the gospel. And and he does, I mean, he has partners all over the world. He has pastors in Africa, yes, but also 
India and Cuba wow. and um and South America and Haiti now. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. I know. So you recently had the opportunity to go on a trip to Haiti through Designs for Hope. Mm-hmm. Would you just tell us one or two highlights from that trip? I know that there's so many different things you could talk <laughs> there about. Are, yeah. So many things happen. Well, well, it just it was it was amazing because it was just like a culmination from that very first meeting with the missions team. You know, talking about a potential partnership. You know, all the way to two years later, we're finally going and yeah. we're finally going to get to lay eyes on all the things. And so, from a Designs for Hope um, perspective, they really just wanted to just see everything, you know, see Steve in the community, see how, what the ministry was doing and, and just really see how they could partner with him in that. And so mm-hmm. we were looking at, you know, the potential to do a water well. Um, he lives in an area called Bombard and mm-hmm. he has a house there with an actual, there's actually a church on the property where his house is. And it's, it's a church on the weekends, but a school during the week. Yeah. And so he was really wanting to get a water well for that community. And then, looking at potential for pastor training there as well, because there are, um, I mean, we, we, we spent the week meeting with, by the time it was over with, we met with 50 or so pastors and another 37 ministry leaders or pastor's wives, like just, you know, so many people involved in, in the church there. And so definitely a potential for maybe decent pastor training there as well. Wow. Yeah. So cool. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to share from your time there? Anything that comes to mind? Yeah. It's okay if not. I mean, you know, it was, I, I've been to Africa and I, I've been to Nepal and, and y'all, I, I would say Haiti was, was different for me in that even in those other regions, like you, you would see, you know, a, I guess, I don't know, just a, a, a difference in like an class a middle class and a lower class and Mm -hmm. hey you just you didn't really see that even even in Port-au-Prince like even in the main cities like um there's there's just um it just felt like most people there were poor and just really Mm. working to just survive and just you know all the things and so I so it was it was hard, but it was also eye-opening because I don't, I don't think I realized that. I mean, I, even when Steve would, you know, say, oh, we're, we're going to be up in this region and we're going to, you know, we're going it, to, it's, it's pretty far north and, you know, all the things, but like getting there and actually laying eyes on all of it and seeing it all and just watching how he serves this community, it was just, it was beautiful because mm-hmm. they have so much poverty and so much need, but yeah. also just just love the Lord and had so much joy and peace yeah. about their life and, and just, I don't know, just sweethearts and, and just took care of us so well the whole week, all of them. And yeah. it, it was just, it was good. It was good. It was good to see it all. It was good to meet the people involved in the ministry. It was good to be able to talk with the pastors. It was good to um, get to share with them about Designs for Hope. 
Um, we did that throughout the week and, and just to see, because Pastor Steve actually supports three different congregations and, and schools. So two different ones in Bombard and then one actually in Port-au-Prince. Wow. And so we, we went from place to place um, uh-huh. and just, you know, just seeing the community, seeing all the things um, that we could potentially be a part of mm-hmm. and, uh, and just getting to know him a little bit better because yeah. his dad did ministry there for years and years and years and then he he passed away and Steve kind of took over for oh, him. Okay. So everywhere we went, everyone knew him, everyone loved him and respected him. Mm-hmm. Like it was beautiful just to see how he just has committed his life to these people and to this ministry. And just, it was just very evident his heart for them. And, wow. and so we, so we're excited to get to partner with him for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's good. That's so cool to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, what are uh, some ways that people could check out Designs for Hope? What do you? What's the website, social media, all that stuff? Let's make sure to get that to all of our listeners, and I'll also put it in the show notes as well. Okay, yeah, it's just designsforhope.org uh, in terms of website, and then they're on, I know they're on Facebook and Instagram as well. So, um, yeah. Beautiful. What are some ways, uh, before we go, what are some ways uh, that us and just – uh, the midweek listeners, how can we be praying for you right now? Mm. Um, you know, we're trying to just, um, I guess with Haiti specifically, I would say just the best way to partner with Steve. There are so many needs. And so really just wisdom and discernment and how we can best support him and come alongside him, you know, not swoop in to try and change or save or any of those things, but really with wisdom, how can we partner with you and how can we, you know, encourage you and how can we um, just just become part of his team and, I don't know, just all of that mm-hmm. for sure. And then, you know, with the, with the global missions team, just, you know, we're still dealing with all the COVID stuff, so just yeah. making decisions on – you know, going forward in, you know, if we should do trips or not, or if we're mm-hmm. not going to do that, how we can support our missionaries and reach out to them and love on them well. Um, maybe what that would look like if we can't be with them. So just partnering with them well and, and staying in touch with them and just really thinking about missionary care a lot lately too. So just, mm-hmm. just that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. be good. Well, Shay, this has been so good mm-hmm. and you are such a gift to Shades Valley. You really are. And it's been so encouraging to hear how the Lord has, uh, from the beginning of your life, pursued you and giving you a calling from very early on in your childhood and how he is bringing that to fulfillment. And it's so cool to hear about all the ways that you've served Shades. I know I can speak for the pastors to say that you're someone that's always such an encouragement. You build us up and uh, we are so thankful for that. And so it has just been a delight and a joy to have you on and to talk to you and for our listeners, for those that may not know you, just to get a little peek, a little glimpse of who you are because you're such a joy. So thanks for coming on. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Shades Midweek, Meet a Member Edition. Stay safe out there.